Yeah. yeah. I love that Woodlands worship song because we all have storms going on in our lives. I know that you got a storm in your life, whether you're here at the Woodlands campus or at our Atascacita campus with Pastor Daniel over there, you guys are amazing, or you're connected with us online, I know that you need a word from God today. But not just a word from God, you need the one who calms the storm to calm the storm of anxiety and worry. I don't know all what it is, but he can calm the wind and the waves that are in your heart. He loves you so much, so let's pray to him. Dear God, we just come before you today and we thank you that you're real and you wanna do a real work in our lives. So I just pray today that you would just meet us right where we are, show us how much you love us, but Lord, change us through your word that's so life-changing. And I pray especially for all those who are here that are here because they wanna know more about you, but they're not quite sure. Maybe there's... Some here are connected online that not even sure that you're real, that you exist. Just show them, Lord, how real you are today and how much you love them. And Lord, I thank you for all those who are here, Lord, because they know that they need you desperately, that we need every week worship to recalibrate our lives in this crazy world. And so give us your peace and strength and work miracles in our lives, for it's in Jesus' name we pray, amen. You can be seated. We're in this new series I'm calling Set Your Sails, and it's all about how to live with divine momentum and clear direction, because if we ever needed clear direction and the ability to make right decisions and wise decisions, it's in our very confusing culture today. Several years ago, Chris came up to me with a huge smile on her face, and she said, you know that I've always talked about taking our family on a rafting trip down the Colorado River through the Grand Canyon. You know, that's been kind of a dream of mine. And I said, yeah, so? She said, well, I just booked us on an eight-day rafting trip through the Grand Canyon for this summer. She went on to excitedly say that it was pretty much a miracle because all the good rafting companies are booked for two years out, but one of the companies just added an extra trip and it came online and I booked our whole family right away. She said it was a miracle. And I said, are you sure this is a miracle? Or this is just a deception from Satan? I'm not sure. She said, because you raft all day and then you camp out at night. And I said, I'm not sure that we're a camping kind of family. I mean, the river's 55 degrees, the canyon at night is over 100 degrees with dry, hot winds blowing through the night. And I said, Chris, do you really think we can make it for eight days? I mean, do they have like a one-night rafting excursion that we could sign up for first just to kind of get our feet wet to see if we're up for this kind of thing? And by the way, if you've never rafted through the Grand Canyon on the Colorado River and it's on your bucket list and you're wondering what it would be like, I'll describe it to you. It's the equivalent of standing in a cold shower fully clothed with a life jacket on for eight days. But with you in that small shower is your whole family. <laughs> and you're with two other families that you don't even know. And then you get out of the shower at night and put your face in front of a blow dryer until morning. <laughs> you all share the same toilet. 
the porta potty that goes with you wherever you go. You see, if you ever find out you have eight days to live, I highly recommend it because it will feel like the longest eight days of your life. But I have to also say, that's the vacation our family talks about the most. We made so many painful memories. <laughs> and a lot more great memories. It was a unique once-in-a-lifetime experience. You see, I, I didn't mention there were so many moments during those eight days that were so amazing, they were life-changing. Just seeing the sunset over the canyon, painting those beautiful colors in the sky and just glowing off the canyon wall. I'll never forget it. Swimming with my family in crystal blue pools after a hike with those breathtaking views. Seeing the power of our creator in the mighty Colorado River as we went over massive rapids and survived. It was so exhilarating. And just looking at the smiles on my family's faces as the water splashed them. And you know, that's the way life is. It's a journey down a winding river that is filled with both beautiful and painful moments. Sometimes we sail on calm and peaceful waters with a beautiful sunset. Sometimes we're sailing into joy-filled moments, racing through the water with a strong wind at our back and everything feels amazing. But we also sail into fearful storms and rough seas that batter our ship. And sometimes in life, we're hit by a tidal wave of loss and pain that threatens to take us under. See, life is like a voyage where we're sailing along thinking, if I'm going in the right direction, then everything in my life will be smooth sailing. If I'm going God's direction, I'm in God's will, then everything is gonna be perfect. I'll have the wind at my back, the waters will be calm, but that's not real life, is it? Because the winds are always changing and our ship will run into storms. The winds of change are constantly blowing and sometimes they hit with hurricane force. And if you're in the middle of a storm today, or maybe the winds of change are battering your ship, I've got good news for you. I want you to see what God says directly to you today. And I know you need this. I know I need this. We're gonna look at Psalms chapter 46. I love this Psalm. Would you stand in honor of God's word? And I want you just to take this promise as your own. God is our refuge and strength and ever-present help in trouble. Therefore, we will not fear. Though the earth give way and the mountains fall into the heart of the sea, though its waters roar and foam and the mountains quake with their surging, he says, be still and know that I am God I will be exalted among the nations. I will be exalted in the earth. The Lord Almighty is with us. The God of Jacob is our fortress. You can be seated. If you're a believer, God says, even if the earthquakes of life shake all the mountains around you and they fall into the heart of the sea and the storm waves churn and the hurricane force winds of change hit your life, God says, I'll be your refuge. I'll hold you together when everything else is falling apart. When everything around you is shaken, you'll be on solid ground. The one who calmed the storm will calm the storm in your heart and give you peace. In fact, God says, I'll use the storm winds to take you to a new place of peace and provision and blessing. 
That's the great news because the storm winds of change blow into all of our lives. Seasons change, times change, people change, circumstances change. You know, living on the Gulf Coast, we're all very familiar with hurricanes. And we know that when tropical storm winds reach 74 miles per hour on a sustained basis, it becomes a hurricane. And it's a category one hurricane, but it's a hurricane. And we all know hurricanes go all the way up to category five. Category five are those killers. And in life, there are escalating categories when it comes to the hurricane force winds of change that hit our lives. There are these category one storms. It's just the daily stresses of life. The category one winds of change are just the daily stresses that we go through in our society today. Without any other changes, we're already at a category one stress level because of the rapidly changing society that we live in. And we're faced with so many choices every day. Seems like we get more and more choices on even the simplest things, and it causes a lot of stress and confusion. Hey, when I was a kid, there was only one Coke, Coke. And now there's Coke, Diet Coke, Coke Zero, Cherry Coke, Vanilla Coke, Cherry Vanilla Diet Coke. You just go on and on, and there are these abstract flavors now that they're introducing, like Dream World Coke and Starlight Coke. So what in the world does Starlight Coke taste like? Well, Coke describes it as tasting the cosmos at the campfire at night. Never tasted the cosmos. I don't know if I'd like it or not. It probably tastes ploy. That's what I'm thinking. We have these choices, so many of them today, and it causes stress. We've also seen more technological changes over the last few years than any other time in history. And it seems like the more we get connected with technology, the less we get connected in real relationships. And what I'm saying is our lives are being hit with the category one winds of change every day because of the fast pace of our culture. Then the category two winds of change are when our plans get blown out of the water. We make our plans and we think it's a good plan, then the winds of change hit and blow away our plans and we lose our joy. When our plans get upended, we lose our joy. We have this perfect plan in our minds of how life should go. We plan and chart out the perfect course that we want our lives to go. And then our plan get, gets blown apart by the hurricane force winds of change and we struggle to adapt. We think this isn't the way it was supposed to be. It was a good plan, God. God, this isn't the way it was supposed to go. And many times we get stuck because we want everything to go back to the way it was before, but it won't. When those winds of change blow in, things are changed. But then there are the category three winds of change. The category three winds of change are unpredictable people. All the people you relate to each and every day are always changing each and every day. People always change. And in marriage, if you don't learn to change together, the winds of change will tear you apart. And people are so unpredictable. I know some people have made really wise decisions their whole life, and then they hit some sort of midlife crisis or something, and they just go crazy and do something that makes a mess of their life. And I'm going, man, I didn't see that coming. 
It reminds me of that old country song, God is great, beer is good, and people are crazy. Not sure about the second one, but the one and three I know are true. People are crazy. I'm crazy, you're crazy. We all got a little crazy in us. Unpredictable people, and people can hurt us. We can hurt others. And it causes these storm winds of change that blow in and hurt. But then category four is those sudden storms. It's the sudden, unexpected storms that hit with no warning that knock us downward. Maybe it's a change in job status or a change in your business or a change in your health or a change in your mental health and you never saw it coming. And boom, it hits. You don't know what's happening. You don't know what God is doing. And it's really hard to see that that change is a change up when it knocks you down so low. But then there are the category five. Category five winds of change are when you're blindsided by unthinkable losses. It's those bitter winds of change that cut into your life and wound you deeply and leave a lasting scar. It's those unthinkable losses. Maybe it's the loss of trust. Someone you trusted so deeply blindsided you by betrayal. And that wound has brought so much trauma into your life. You're not sure that there's any place that's solid to stand on. Or maybe you've betrayed someone's trust that you love so much. And you're grieving and your heart is crushed because their heart is crushed. Or or you can't go back and fix it. There's unthinkable losses. Maybe it's the loss of a job, the loss of a business, the loss of a marriage, the loss of a loved one. You see, it's those deep, unthinkable losses that cut so deep and crush our heart. And it's hard to see that anything good could come from it when you're just trying to make it through another day and you're not sure that you can. You see, every one of us experienced the hurricane force winds of change. And we tend to look at the winds of change as either good change or bad change, upward change or downward change, change that blows us backwards or moves us forward. And it's understandable because that's all we can see at the time. When you're in the storm, it's hard to see anything. It's hard to see what God is up to. It's hard to see how God's going to get you through. It's hard to see how anything good could come of it. It's a storm that you didn't plan on, that you didn't want to go into, but you're in the storm. Sometimes it's a storm that you caused yourself because you're going a different direction than God, but we all experience these storms of life. And when we go through them and we see the changes that happen, we think of change as good change or bad change. And that's all we can see at the time, but really, all the winds of change that God allows into your life, God's ultimate purpose is to take you forward. That it be a change up, that's what God wants, and that's God's ultimate plan, because he wants, you to, he wants to take you to new lands and new levels with those winds of change. See, sometimes you have to experience a change down 
before you can change up and break through to a new level. Sometimes you have to experience failure before you can experience success, even in the most painful changes that you can't see what God is up to, and it's bad. You can't see any good. Even those painful changes that God doesn't cause but God allows into our lives, those things that are so bad, God wants to take those things, those hurricane five level. The category fives, the category fours, he can even take those and bring good out of it to take you to a new level of growth, a new level of peace, a new level of strength, knowing that God brought you through, a new level of love for God, knowing his love for you. And you look back and say, if I could get through that, if God could get me through that, then I can go through anything with his power and his strength. There's no storm that will stop me. You see, sometimes the winds of change have to blow you backwards so that you can take a huge step forward. Let's just say that you're hiking and you come up to a creek and you don't wanna get your shoes wet so you wanna jump over that creek but you realize as you stand next to the creek that it's too far for you to jump over, that you have no momentum. And so what do you have to do? You have to back up. You have to go backwards. You have to change your location and go backwards so you can get enough momentum and you can run and you have that momentum to be able to jump over the creek to get over that barrier. And so many times we have to go backwards so that we can get over a barrier that we've been stuck at for a long time, that God wants us to break through to a new level, but when you're stuck, just looking up at that wall, you can't see anything else. And so many times, God has to allow us to be blown backwards so that he can give us the momentum to get over that barrier once and for all. And so if you're in a storm and the storm winds are hitting you in the face and it's blowing you backwards and you feel like it's a change that's taking you back and you were right there and you just need to get over that barrier, but you can't get over that barrier. You can't get through that problem. You can't get out of that financial mess. You can't break free from that addiction. You, you need a breakthrough in your marriage, but you're just at an impasse. You've got a wall, and so many times God has to take you backwards so he can give you the insight and the wisdom to give up to his power because you can't fix it. And as you give up to his power, his care and control, then he gives you the power and the momentum to get over that barrier once and for all. You see, so many times, the big setback in your life, what you see and I see as a giant setback is really a setup. God is setting you up to go to the next level. And he knows without the setback, you can't be set up. He knows without the setback, you won't be ready to go to the next level. You won't know how to receive those blessings, that you've got to have that setback in order for you to turn your life over to his power and his momentum, and his strength. And it's that setback where God is setting you up right now. And some of you are in a really devastating setback. You feel like you're set back and you'll never be able to get back to where you were. God doesn't want you to get back to where you were. He wants you to get to where you could never be without his power. And that setback is just God setting you up for a new level. You have to go through Failure in order to experience success. You have to 
get to dead end before God can give you deliverance. You have to have that setback so he can set you up to go to a new level and new lands that he has for you that you'd never experience without that setback. Well, I want you to look at Isaiah 43, 18. This is a promise that God gave Chris and I a couple years ago for our church, and it's the season we're in right now in our church, and I shared this with our pastors a couple years ago. It's a life-changing passage. God says in Isaiah 43, 18, forget the former things. Do not dwell on the past. See, I'm doing a new thing. Now it springs up. Do you not perceive it? I'm making a way in the wilderness and streams in the wasteland. God is speaking to the people of Israel here through the prophet Isaiah, and God is telling them the winds of change are blowing, and I'm getting ready to do a great work in your life. Divine winds of change are blowing, and God wants you to set your sails to catch that wind of change. God's doing something new and powerful. He wants to do something new and powerful in our lives. He's doing something new and powerful all around us, and he wants us to set our sails to catch his wind. So it takes us to a new level. You see, the Israelites had experienced a devastating setback when God shared this with them. They had been conquered and taken captive by the Babylonians. They had a terrible setback. And God said, I know it looks like a huge setback, but really it's a divine setup. You had to experience this setback so I would set you up for a victory. You had to hit this dead end so you could experience deliverance. And God says, get ready. But it all comes down to learning how to set your sails to catch the winds of change. And the Bible says there are three things you have to do to set your sails to catch the winds of change so God can change you up rather than you change downward. First, you have to have an attitude that accepts change. This is the hardest thing for me, to shift my attitude when the winds of change blow up my plans or knock me down, or knock me to my knees. I have to shift my attitude to set my sails to catch the winds of change. When the hurricane force winds of change hit our lives, usually the first thing we do is fight it. Usually we try to control the wind. We try to control our circumstances, or we try to control that other person, or we try to turn back time. We want to go back, and then we burden ourselves with the anchor of regret or the anchor of shame over our failures and it just takes us under. Or we sail straight into the wind, trying to fight the winds of change, but you don't get anywhere. When you set your sail directly against the wind, you're stuck, you have no momentum, you can't change direction. You don't get anywhere, you just wear yourself out and you lose your joy. Usually when the storm winds of change come into my life, I fight it. The storm winds of change will blow into your life and you can deny it, you can resent it, you can fight it, or you can learn to accept it. And if you don't learn to accept the changes in your life that you can't change, the winds of change will batter you and eventually sink you. God wants you to set your sails to catch the winds of change and it really comes down to choosing an attitude to adapt to change, the changes that you can't change. Now, if you can change something, change it. I mean, just go out and change it. God doesn't want you to just sit on your blessed assurance and just go, okay, God, change this thing. If you can change it, get out and change it. But there's so many things 
that we can't change, so many circumstances that we can't control, and we just have to adapt to them and say, God, I don't like it, but I know something. You're doing something. Give me your peace in this storm. I want us to do just a little study of Isaiah 43, this passage in verse 18. It says, forget the former things. Do not dwell on the past. So God is telling us, don't get stuck in the way it used to be because you'll miss out on what I'm going to do in your life now. Now it springs up, he says. You can't control the changing circumstances, but you can still choose to have an attitude of joy. In fact, the only way to discover joy is in the storm. When your circumstances are going against you. The only way really to discover peace is in the middle of a storm when you're filled with anxiety. And then you turn it over to God and he calms the storm in your heart and you're amazed. It's a peace that you can't really understand. That doesn't make any sense. It's a supernatural peace because naturally we try to control the storm. We're filled with anxiety. We're filled with worry. Fear just batters our ship. And so you really can't learn joy until you get into a storm and you're blown backwards because joy comes from within, from the Holy Spirit in your life. Happiness, on the other hand, depends on our happenings, what's happening around us. If your circumstances are great, then you're happy. But if your circumstances aren't so great, then you lose that happiness. But that's where you can find joy. And our circumstances are hardly ever perfect. And that's why happiness is so elusive, but joy is right there in your life if you're a Christ follower. You see, we have to have that attitude that adapts to change. In 2 Corinthians 3, 7, it says, where the spirit of the Lord is, there is freedom. When the Holy Spirit's in control of your life and you just submit to the winds of the Holy Spirit and say, God, I can't control this, this wind and waves, but you're the one who can control the wind and the waves. Calm the churning waters in my mind and my heart because when I lay my head on the pillow at night, I can't sleep because my mind is going a million miles an hour and I feel anxiety and I can't change this storm. So God, I give it to you. When the Holy Spirit's in control of your life, there's a flexibility to change because you're following him. So you have to decide in your life what never changes and then be willing to change everything else. You have to decide what is that in your life that will never change, that you will never change, and then you have to be willing to change everything else, be flexible to change. Because if the Holy Spirit is in control of your life, the winds of the Holy Spirit are gonna move in different directions and you have to be flexible to adapt to change. That's been the secret to Will and Church. One of the big secrets to Will and Church, and really it's the main secret to Will and Church, is we've decided what we will never change. First, God's word. God's word is the truth. This church is built on God's word. God's word doesn't change. Culture changes, but so what? Culture's crazy. God's word is true. A lot of churches today are just changing to match culture, to relate to culture. They're changing God's word. God's word never changes. You can break God's laws, but they'll break you eventually. And so it doesn't matter. Our culture's changed so much in 30 years, but God's word hasn't. And so we know that we will never change from the truth of God's word. Secondly, we'll never change our purpose. Our purpose is to help people experience Christ rather than man's creation of religion, so they'll grow strong in Christ and take this Christ experience to the world. You see, we kicked religion out the door from the very beginning, and we've never let it back in. 
Because Christianity is about a relationship with God through his son, Jesus Christ. It's all about Jesus Christ. It's all about the word of God that is true that we build the church on and build our lives on and build marriages on, build families on. It's the only solid foundation to build anything on. And then it's all about Jesus Christ, our only hope, the only hope of the world, your only hope, my only hope. It's all about Jesus Christ. And then helping people experience Christ and grow strong in Jesus Christ and then take that Christ experience to their neighbors and their friends and their workplace and bring them in to Christ's family. You see, we've decided what will never change, those two things, and then we're willing to change everything else. The message never changes, but we change our methods. We do new ministries to reach people. We start new campuses. We use technology to reach people. I mean, things are always changing, but we'll never change those two things. You better know what you'll never change and then be willing to change everything else as the Holy Spirit leads your life and the wind of the Holy Spirit blows in your life. And then you'll experience his peace. Most people get run over by change. God wants his children to set their sails to catch the winds of change. And by the way, that's why you need to be a member of a local church family. That is so important because you need to be in the boat with others who are seeking to go the right direction. Not perfect people, very imperfect people, ordinary people, but they're seeking to go the right direction. It's part of God's will for your life that you be in the fellowship, that you get in the boat with others and you commit to be a part of God's family through a local church family. And today we have our membership class. And that's how you join Woodland Church. It's at one o'clock you ought to come back. We feed you. We take care of your kids. It's from one to three. And it's going to be amazing today. My wife, Chris, is going to be teaching the class live with me. There are over 400 signed up. It's an amazing group over at our Tascacita campus and here at our Woodlands campus. We're going to have it right in here. And that's how you connect to Woodland Church. God's doing amazing things. He wants you to be a part of it. The wind of the Holy Spirit is blowing through Woodland Church to make a difference in this world. And God wants you to set your sails and be a part of it. And by the way, everyone who's joined the church in the first 30 years of the church is gonna be part of the founders team because Chris and I feel like the church is really just beginning as we're now just ready to make such a difference in the world, expanding our ministries and our missions and all those things that we do all over the world and and following the wind of the Holy Spirit and stretching in faith more than ever, not knowing exactly where he's taking us, but knowing he's taking us to another level. And so everyone who joins, who's joined the church, is gonna be part of our founders team, a foundational member. And if you join the church by the end of November, as we celebrate our 30th anniversary, then you'll be part of the founders team. You'll be a foundational member. We're gonna put all the names of our foundational members in a time capsule to be opened 30 years from now. So the people that open that up can look back and say, man, it was those foundational members. Those, that founders team is the reason why I'm going to heaven today because of what they did is they banded together, all got on the fellowship, go in the direction of the Holy Spirit. And, and that's when God really works in your life, when you get connected to the body of Christ, the Christian life, not just a matter of believing, it's a matter of belonging. There are no solo sailors in Christianity. We need each other desperately. But I have to say, you can't accept the past and forget the past 
until you grieve your losses. You see, you have to move backwards sometimes to move forwards. If you don't grieve your losses, you'll get stuck in the past. And you can't put a timetable on grief. The loss of a marriage, the loss of a business, the loss of a loved one. Everybody grieves differently, but you better grieve. You see, Jesus was an expert at grieving. You know, he loved to have fun with his disciples. He laughed. Sometimes we don't think of Jesus laughing, but Scripture says he came enjoying life. And, and then he grieved. The Bible says he was a man of sorrow, acquainted with much grief. We don't really know how to grieve in America today. We don't really know how to just stay in grief. When someone's grieving, we don't know what to say. We're a little uncomfortable being around them. When we're grieving, we don't really know how to grieve, and we don't really understand that it's good to grieve, that that's part of the way God heals us. And so you have to grieve those losses. You have to admit those losses. You can't just experience a Hurricane 5 wind of change that brings about an unthinkable loss, and then you just put it in the past and you move forward. No, you can't forget the past until you deal with the past. You deal with your past mistakes, you deal with your past hurts, then you move forward. But grief takes time, and there's no timetable on it. It's like sometimes when people are grieving, that's been two months since you lost that loved one. I mean, aren't you happy now? You know, be happy, because we don't want to be around you. It's crazy. It's crazy. God wants us to be people who are acquainted with grief and sit with those who are hurting and just be there. That's all that matters. That's all that matters because only God can bring healing, but we can be together in that fellowship. I remember a lady came up to me after church one time and she said, I can't keep coming to this church. This is a happy church. Nobody here has any pain or hurt or sorrow. And I said, have you even met anybody? Everyone you see is carrying huge hurts and sorrows and grief. It's just that God is, is just bringing healing and we focus on him and we're joyful in the middle of it. We don't grieve like those with no hope, the Bible says. We grieve deeply, but we have that hope in Jesus Christ and that changes everything. But we need to grieve. And by the way, some losses are so deep, you will never get over them in this life. And that's okay. Some losses are so great and leave such a hold. You will never get over it in this life, but you will get through it with Jesus Christ. He will never leave you, and he will carry you. He will hold you together when everything in your life is falling apart. When your heart is crushed, he will hold your heart in his hands, and he'll be the healer of your heart. You will get through it. And by the way, as you're grieving, keep believing. As you're grieving, keep believing. What does that mean? As you're grieving, keep believing. It means get up in the morning when you don't feel like it. As you're grieving, keep believing. What does that mean? It means keep coming to church when you don't feel like it because you need others and you need God's word. What does it mean as you're grieving to keep believing? It means keep pouring your anger out on God instead of shutting down and moving away from God. Keep pouring your heart out on God. He says, I love for you to come to me and I hurt for you and I'll be there for you. But I want you to see a second thing. You have to learn to adapt to the winds of change, but then you need a faith that sees the divine opportunity in change. 
and even the painful changes. God says in Isaiah 43, 19, see, I'm doing a new thing. Now it springs up, do you not perceive it? God says, I'm doing a new thing, but you're not seeing it. So I wanna pray that God will open my eyes to see the new thing that he's doing. In the middle of the storm, it's hard to see, but God can give me the eyes to see past the pain and see what he's up to. And so this week, I want you to pray, God, open my eyes so I can see the new thing you're doing in my life. Because so many times, God's greatest blessings are disguised in the form of a bad problem. And so ask God to give you the eyes to see through the storm, to see what he's doing in your life and how you can set your sails to catch the winds of change. That's why we're having our 21 days of prayer. We're doing this video devotional each and every day, Monday through Friday. It's about five minutes. You just go on one of our platforms and I or one of our pastors do the devotional. And then we're writing down in a notebook one or two of the big requests that we have in our lives. And we're praying for a couple minutes every day for those things and we're watching God answer prayers. We're learning about prayer. And so join us tomorrow morning, just for five minutes. We wanna pray and ask the Lord this. God, open my eyes so I can see the new thing you're already doing, that I'm missing. I don't wanna miss this miracle that you wanna bring into my life. I need an attitude of opportunity. And you see, every storm provides opportunity for growth. In James 1, 2, it says, Dear brothers and sisters, when troubles come your way, consider it an opportunity for great joy. For you know that when your faith is tested, your endurance has a chance to grow. So let it grow. For when your endurance is fully developed, you will be perfect and complete, needing nothing. Even painful changes are an opportunity to grow. Opportunity for your character to be built. Opportunity for joy. Opportunity really to grow up to maturity. Psychologist Dr. John Townsend says, immaturity is demanding reality adapt to you. If reality, my circumstances, goes my way, I'm very happy. If it doesn't go my way, I throw a tantrum. Maturity is the opposite. Maturity is adapting to reality. When your kids are little, my little preschool grandchildren, when they don't get their way, they throw a tantrum. That's immaturity. They should be immature. But they have to learn maturity. But so many of us as adults, when things don't go away, we throw a tantrum because we want reality to adapt to us and it's not going to. But then you have opportunity for breakthrough. In Romans 8, 28, it says, and we know that God causes everything to work together for the good of those who love God and are called according to his purpose for them. You see, even the worst, even the bad, God can take it and bring great good out of it. He can bring a breakthrough in your life it says in Isaiah 43, he's gonna make a way in the wilderness, streams in the desert. Where everything looks so dry and barren in your life, where everything looks so dead, he wants to bring it to life in that very area. He wants to give you a breakthrough to take you to a place you've never been. But then there's an opportunity in the storm to experience God's love. In Romans 8, 38, it says, and I am convinced that nothing can ever separate us from God's love, neither death nor life, neither angels nor demons, neither our fears for today nor our worries about tomorrow, not even the powers of hell can separate us from God's love. No power in the sky above or in the earth below. Indeed, nothing in all creation will ever be able to separate us from the love of God that is revealed in Christ Jesus our Lord. Did you get that? Yeah. The storm's an opportunity to experience that God will never leave you, that God loves you no matter what. 
God wants you to have an attitude that accepts change, a faith that sees the opportunity in change. But the third thing is, you need to have a God who never changes. In a world of constant change, in a world of confusion and chaos, you need a God who never changes. You need a foundation that never changes. God says this in Malachi 3.6, I am the Lord and I do not change. With everything around us changing, it's good to know we have a God who's always faithful. Alan Shepard, the first American astronaut in space to orbit, was asked before he got into the capsule, what are you counting on most in your first orbit around the earth? And he said, I'm counting on the fact that God's laws never change, that gravity's not here one day and gone the next. I'm counting on God's laws will never change. You see, maybe your job situation has changed. Maybe your financial situation has changed. Maybe your marriage has changed for the worse, but you can always count on God. He never changes. You can build your life on Jesus Christ. Jesus Christ is the answer. There's power in the name of Jesus, and he loves you so much. In Revelation 21.5, in the last book of the Bible, Jesus says this, Behold, I make all things new. And he's making things new in your life right now. And one day he'll make all things new. All that is wrong will be made right. But Jesus Christ makes all things new. He takes all the hurt from the past, all the pain from the past, all your failures from the past, all your mess from the past, all your wounds from the past, and somehow he's making all things new. All of that old mess, he's somehow turning it into new treasure. That's what he does. Jesus can make all things new. He can give you a new direction. He can give you a new purpose. He can give you a new way. He can take you to a new level. He can give you new growth, take you to a new place in life. That's our Jesus. Did you know that Jesus, mentioned in the last book of the Bible, and he speaks to us in the last book of the Bible, speaks to us in the first book of the Bible. Do you know there is a scarlet thread that runs all throughout Scripture, even the Old Testament? Jesus, who was there at creation, is mentioned in every book of the Bible. In Genesis, he's the light of the world, the creator of all things. In Exodus, he's the Passover lamb that delivers his children. In Leviticus, he's the high priest who bridges the gap between God and man. In Numbers, he is the cloud and the fire that lead the people through the desert. In Deuteronomy, he's the prevailing prophet. In Joshua, he's the captain of our salvation. In Judges, he is the great judge of both the living and the dead. In Ruth, he's the kinsman redeemer who redeems the lost and the lonely. In First and Second Samuel, he's the voice of truth in the middle of the night. In First and Second Kings, he's the one true king. In First and Second Chronicles, he's the holy one. In Ezra, he's the faithful one. In Nehemiah, he's the rebuilder of broken walls. In Esther, he's the rescuer in time of need. In Job, he's the restorer of all things, the maker of all things new. In Psalms, he's the good shepherd. In Proverbs and Ecclesiastes, he is the wisdom of God. In the Song of Solomon, he's the banner of unconditional love that hovers over us. In Isaiah, he's the suffering servant. In Jeremiah and Lamentations, he's the God whose heart breaks for us, who weeps for us. In Ezekiel, he's the resurrection and the life to dry bones. 
In Daniel, he is the son of man coming in the clouds. In Hosea, he's the bridegroom who never stops loving. In Joel, he's the salvation for all. In Amos, he's the burden bearer and the load lifter. In Obadiah, he is the mighty savior. In Jonah, he's the God of the second chance. In Micah, he is the messenger of good news. In Nahum, he's the restorer of justice. In Habakkuk, he is the interceder for the broken. In Zephaniah, he is strength for the weak and the helpless. In Haggai, he is the cleansing fountain. In Zechariah, he's the pierced son of God. In Malachi, he's the son of righteousness. In Matthew, he's the Messiah and friend of sinners. In Mark, he's the miracle worker. In Luke, he's the son of man. In John, he's the son of God. In Acts, he's the power of God. In Romans, he is the gift of salvation. And in First and Second Corinthians, he's the last Adam who reverses all wrongs. In Galatians, he's all freedom. In Ephesians, he's the cornerstone that the builders rejected, but has now become the only stone you can build a life on. In Philippians, he's the name above all names who meets our every need. In Colossians, He's the fullness of God, the hope of glory. In 1st and 2nd Thessalonians, he's the peace of God. In 1st and 2nd Timothy, he's the great mediator between God and man. In Titus, he's our blessed hope. In Philemon, he's the friend who sticks closer than any brother. In Hebrews, he is the blood that washes away all sin. In James, he's the great physician. In 1st and 2nd Peter, he's the great shepherd. In 1st, 2nd, and 3rd John, he is everlasting love. In Jude, he is the God who saves us. And in Revelation, he's the Alpha and the Omega, the beginning and the end, the Lion of Judah, the bright morning star. He's the returning King of Kings and he's the Lord of Lords and he loves you and he is the Lord of all. Let's thank Jesus Christ for who he is. Let's stand together. And I want to read to you this, this last verse, Psalm 4610, the last part of our key passage because Jesus is saying this to you today. He says, be still and know that I am God. I will be exalted among the nations, I will be exalted in the earth. He says, be still and know that I'm God, you're not. So stop trying to control the wind and just give up to me. Be still and know that I'm God, you're not. And give up to me and set your sails to catch my, the wind of my spirit because I'm gonna take you places you've never been. I'm gonna take you to new levels and new lands but you've gotta give up and let me be the captain of your ship. You've gotta give me the helm. You've gotta let go and turn it over to me. Let's pray together. Dear God, I pray for every one of us, and I know that includes me, who struggle with the storms of life. Lord, so many times I try to fight the winds of change. So many times I try to take the helm because I, I think you don't know what you're doing, and I, I try to be God, but I thank you that I can be still in my heart because you are God and you're in control and your purpose will prevail and there's no storm that can stop your purpose for my life. And so today, Lord, I again just give up to you and give over to you, to your care and control. Help all of us set ourselves to catch the winds of change, to take those steps of faith that you want us to. I pray for those who've never received you, they would just step in faith and receive you, Jesus, and let you be the captain of their ship from now on to receive your forgiveness and your grace and heaven one day, and I pray, Lord, for all of us who are Christ followers, that you would just help us take the next step to set our sails. Maybe it's to be baptized, to show our faith in you. Maybe it's to come to the membership class and commit to that baby step of membership, which takes us to a new level. Maybe, Lord, it's giving you control of our finances or our businesses or our families, our marriage or 
our futures. But Lord, help us, even though sometimes we get confused, we wonder if you know what you're doing and we can't see in the storm. Lord, give us eyes to see that you're the only one we can trust because you're the only one who's faithful and you'll never change. And we give up to you right now and ask you to calm the storm in our hearts. We're still, Lord, so that you can do what you want in our lives. For it's in Jesus' name we pray, amen. I want us to sing together because the one who calmed the storm will calm the storm in your life. Let's just sing to him and let's just thank him and let's just praise him. And by the way, Chris and I are teaching the membership class. Don't miss it. It's gonna be powerful. Jesus Christ controls the wind and the waves and he controls the wind and the waves in your heart. Let's praise him. Hey church, thanks for listening to the Woodlands Church with Carrie Shook podcast. By listening, we hope that you're encouraged wherever you are. If you haven't already, we'd love for you to subscribe to our podcast so that you can get the latest messages each week. For more information on Woodlands Church, check out the description for a link to our website and how to connect with us. We hope you have a great week.